Here We Go podcast coming at you from the But Here We Go studios in lovely Dallas, Texas, USA. That time I was trying to be a little extra. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah. I don't know if you could see it because I have some sort of makeshift soundproofing thing that you set up in front of me, but I was yep. like giving you a glare that I wanted to communicate what in the world are you doing? <laughs> Well, funny enough, I can see your eyes, I can see your nose, but I can't see your mouth. I have noticed, I don't feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't feel like my eyes are super expressive, but I do feel like I have a very expressive face. Does that make sense? Would yep. you agree or yep. disagree? I would agree. I think you express yourself. I just remember when I, uh, when I did some modeling as a younger child. The photographers would always be like, smile with your eyes. And I would always just be dumbfounded by that request. Like, I don't understand. They're like, don't smile with your face. Smile with your eyes. Like, I, that just, that's like the rubbing, like patting your stomach and rubbing your eyes. Like, I don't, that doesn't compute for me. Yeah, it's a funny thing to say. And it's a funny thing to think about. But I, I, I do. I like the idea. Well, and I'm sure like professional models like that is like a no brainer. Like they're very comfortable utilizing all things of their face. Yeah. 12 year old me was like, ah, I'm smiling on the inside. So hopefully it's coming across. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I wonder some in some ways smiling with your eyes. Does that mean like Bambi eyes? That just seems like a genetic thing. Like you either have Bambi eyes or you don't have Bambi eyes. Let me let me rephrase that. Does that mean having a deer in the headlights look? No. no but like no, no. something like that where you're like making an expression with your well, eyes. A deer in a headlights look is like a lack of expression. It's so much expression that there's no expression. No, that's not how that works. Do you know all. do you know what why deers freeze when there's headlights? They're having a slight panic attack. No. I mean, maybe they are. That wasn't a real answer, but, but why? they freeze because they have such good night vision. So I think it's more cones. They have more cones in their eyes. So when you... Ice cream cones? I'm kidding. No, visual cones. <laughs> so they've got these, they've got more cones. And then when you, when they're hanging out, doing their deer thing at night, when they can see fine, all of a sudden it's like turning a flashlight, a super high beam powered flashlight right on them. And it is so much information because of all these cones that they literally just, yeah, they freeze and they can't see anything because all of a sudden they go from what should have been nighttime to something that is more than daytime in that spot. Interesting how like humans have basically adapted to like, unnatural light though you could pull yeah. studies Ugh. of like Ugh. how it interrupts our sleep or whatever i hate unnatural light animals the second we created unnatural light or i don't what's alternative light no i don't know what the word i feel light like light bulbs I, yes I but know. i feel like there's a word artificial light might there be good. thank you artificial light the turtles freaked out because then they were started wait turtles freaked out yeah, because yeah, yeah. Of artificial light right so in mexico during like turtle hatching oh. season especially because like turtles are either endangered or like close to sea turtles. Correct. Sea turtles. It is more 
like these tons of eggs, but if they go out in the daytime, like if they hatch and then go into the ocean at daytime, they typically all get eaten up. Yep. And so hopefully they will hatch at nighttime, but if not, they'll typically try to catch them to release them at night. But usually during turtle season, the hotels or whatever on the beaches will have signs everywhere saying like, keep all of your lights off or you have to use like a red light essentially because they i guess they'll follow the moon there's something programmed into them to get to like the the beat home the water. base that they need to get to yep that should be in the water and so yeah you have to like turn off the lights but can you imagine how many turtles died before we figure that one out too many turtles i'm sure but that's funny that deers also are like this is not what I'm supposed to be experiencing right now. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think that we're the only animals that have artificial light and have like adapted to living a life that is not according to right nature daylight. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you could say that about a lot of things that we do. Yeah, I guess so. I like, was podcasts. S- like podcasts. Like There you go. Podcasts are not natural. Right. I was going to say like we're the only ones who make music, but I feel like you could argue that birds make music and whales make music. Oh, all the time they're making music. So maybe music. it's not necessarily because cla- like they're communicating with each other. They're not just like They're bopping. communicating with each other. But for a lot of it, I think there, there are a lot of sounds that are in nature that they use for for mating. And mating rituals. So right. there's a lot of the really pretty birds in like Madagascar or the the Malaysian jungle. Right. And, these and places. we've been able to like, we could tell like which song is which. Yeah. And they sing these beautiful, pretty songs and they do these little dances trying to attract mates. So isn't that kind of what music is, is us trying to express ourselves ultimately to get mates? Right, right, right. I mean, yes, you could definitely do that correlation. Can we go back to the whales real fast? Yeah, sure. Okay, so those who know me well know that one of my well-known facts is that I am terrified of whales in the ocean. The sound of whales are so terrifying to me and eerie that my youth pastor in middle school, as he thought it would be funny, from like my 16th, I guess it wasn't middle school, 16th birthday, he um, not only, can you know how like you can adopt a star? Yeah. You can adopt a whale. So he got me, he adopted me a legitimate like humpback whale somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. And then he made me a CD of whale songs and then started playing it at my party. And I tried to put on a brave face, but it was traumatizing. But I digress. I bring that up because one, I feel like I wanted to be validated that those are some freaking loud, scary sounds. Um, and I feel like we've already talked about the blip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we've talked about the blip of the podcast. Um, if not, someone text me about the blip because I'll talk yours off. But on TikTok today, um, and I'll try to put this link in the show notes because I thought it was funny and I want to give credit where credit was due. There were these two guys, I guess, filming a podcast. I don't, I'm unaware. It was sent to me. But the guy was essentially saying that... Well, and I'll I'll ask you the question. Would you take a bath with a dead body? What? Because his argument was... I think, let me... Let me point out the argument on why you should not take no, a bath with we, a dead body. That's, it's obvious. It's obvious. It's obvious that it's... an it's, obvious no, that correct? It's dirty. Right. Okay, so his argument was the ocean is filled with 
X number of rotting corpses. So really, one's comfort level with the ocean is correlated to one's comfort level to like a dead body to water ratio. I... I will I will entertain the idea. I want to know the ratio of dead organic matter that is just kind could, of floating around right. that compared be, to the amount of dead organic matter when you're taking a bath with a dead oh, body. I'm saying it's definitely large. But to his point, this is what freaks me out about the ocean is that you really have no idea what you are next to what is floating near you around you and so i just appreciated that he just broke it down and was like look you could be next somewhat relatively maybe not relatively near to some sort of rotting organic matter and you would not know that's the same argument as saying but to make it more relevant i guess that would be like saying are you willing to take a bath with a dead body in an Olympic pool, you know, probably right, not you even wouldn't. In, probably not even an Olympic pool. And maybe, probably, and, probably the wave pool at an aquarium. Right, or and you can change an aquarium and take out dead body and just put like rotting dolphin corpse. Well, I wouldn't. Call I would it, do it with a rot. I would do it with a dolphin corpse. I don't. That's not. That's really not my main deal about ocean. I, I don't really care about being dirty. If there's no foul play involved, a dead body <laughs> as like, we are going to, I'm going to submit my body when I die to a social experiment. <laughs> and there's been like somebody who signed off on it and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll go do that in in the wave pool at Hurricane Harbor. Like, that would be fine. Um, you just reminded me of another thing that I saw on TikTok. But I heard that if you donate your body to science, which I think on my, well, I guess I'm just doing my organs, allegedly, and maybe my mom can correct this information, and I'm sure it's like a state-by-state thing. But if you donate your body to science, they will return the pieces they don't have any use for. That sounds false. Why would they return them to you? I don't know. I'm sure okay, that there's I'll look it up. I'm I, sure I'll that there up. is some type of of medical waste disposal that those places have that that that's where your body would go. Oh. Well, so I I, I typed it into Google but it didn't tell me anything other than this, which I, I think kind of answers the question. Um, someone asked, how do they keep your body when you donate it sorry, how long do they keep your body when you donate it to science? And According to BigThink.com, it says, though the body still breaks down, a preserved one can last anywhere from 18 months to 10 years. Once the medical school students or researchers are done with it, a memorial service is held, usually once a year. That's nice. A memorial service for all of the bodies (laughs) together. Hey, that's so nice. It's kind of like the... It keeps the humanity to it. It's kind of like the at memoriam or... or, (laughs) Like the Oscars. (laughs) Yeah, at the Oscars, they'll show pictures of all the different bodies. (laughs) Not the bodies themselves, like pictures of <laughs> the, the finger. People. Oh, that was a good finger. Oh well, man, no, the like, arm really provided a like lot of good pe- data. Well, I guess you can't. You they can't. They, it's yeah, anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's anonymous because they don't have your name, but they definitely have your rest of your body. <laughs> they do have the rest. <laughs> anyway, of your body. do you want to move on to like what we were actually going to talk about? Yeah, let's stop talking about. 
we've right dead people we, baths. Our little <laughs> <laughs> dead people baths. Okay, so we've talked about the brew before. The brew. We've the talked a little brew. bit. Of, we'll put we'll put a show we'll put a link in the show notes. We we've done that multiple times. We'll put a link in the right. show notes. There's uh, the brew. Morning Brew, there's also, and I, I think it's called the Pour Over. I don't know if we've, mi- I think I mentioned it last time. It's yeah, like the Christian version of Morning Brew. But honestly, I'm signed up for both of them. And I'm so sorry. I hope someone doesn't get upset. But um, they have like the exact same stuff. They have, have like the same articles. The same articles? Yeah. And I feel like I get the Pour Over less often. Anyway. Interesting. There's actually a third one. A third right, newsletter? There's not, a third newsletter well, in the I'm world? Well, I'm sure there's a bazillion. <laughs> um, when I was serving with uh, students in the student ministry at church, they uh, just encouraged all the leaders to sign up for something called the Culture Translator. And I still am signed up for it since it's and been... it comes out once a quarter. Honestly, it does not come out very often to the point where I forget I'm signed up for it, which is probably why I've never unsubscribed. Um, I don't always agree with everything that they say, but for the most part, for the most part, it's just like trends and like how to approach these with students or like your children, whatever. Anywho, I was scanning it and this one I thought was fascinating to me. Tell Uh, me. Okay. So it says new survey data compiled by YouGov suggests, suggests that one in four Americans believe in astrology. To which I'm not necessarily shocked by that. I have, n- I, that I never was introduced to astro- Like I still, I think I'm a cancer. I think, I don't know. Maybe a Capricorn. I feel I'm like it starts Aries. with a C. And oh. I, and I, how do you know that? I only know that because people have told me. That you're an Aries? No, no, no. That I'm one of the C's. I don't know. I just always, it always bothered me because I'm a twin and my twin and I are very opposite personalities. And yet we're born, like we are the same astrological sign. But maybe you're similar astrologically. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, so uh, now one in four Americans believe in it. And I guess believe in it. I mean, like actually believe in it. So it says, uh, I believe it's a thing. Right. Right. Right, right. Let me read it. Uh, if 25% of Americans believe that the stars and planets influence people's lives, that's not really an increase. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Pew Research Center saw similar findings in research they conducted in 2009. What's more interesting, perhaps, is that 37% of adults under 30 confirm their belief in the cosmos influence. But this is what I thought the most interesting of all of this. It's possible, though so far unproven, that this rise in astrology's influence is correlated to an increase in narcissistic personality traits among the younger generation, which we talked about this on an earlier podcast episode. A small study published this March saw that the personality traits of narcissism and agreeableness, which I don't. Why are those the same? Like, why are those grouped together? I'm just super agreeable. Because I don't consider narcissists agreeable. Yeah, that's so weird. (laughs) Anyway, um, they saw the personality traits of narcissism and agreeableness are highly associated with a belief in astrology. So that's dumb because that literally you could go either way. (laughs) You could either be super nice or such a pain in the butt. I agree with everything, which means I agree with astrology. 
But I'm also narcissistic, well, so I agree with astrology. Let, to finish, it says, a find made more surprising since agreeable people tend to have lower rates of narcissism in general. <laughs> so agreeable must not just be that they are, that they agree with things. It must mean something else. It, all, this, it also adds in a huge study in Sweden analyzed half a million participants and found that star signs had no correlation to long-term compatibility in marriage. Okay, thank you for spending the money on that. Okay, so, uh, so good thing we didn't consult the <laughs> right, stars. Right. I will say this, um, the Myers-Briggs personality test was really big when I was in college, and I definitely had friends who would not date people of certain personality types that allegedly clashed with mm. their personality types. Makes sense. Or if like a friend was dating somebody of like the personality type and they'd be like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe blah, blah, blah. So I, they I'm would come not, in and say, listen, I know you think you like this person, but you're not going to work out. Apparently. I don't know. Good. But I, and so I wonder if people do that with any, I, I've never jumped onto the Enneagram train, but I wonder if people do that. How many numbers are in an Enneagram? I think nine. I wonder if you, your Enneagram number and my Enneagram number are compatible or not compatible. I think our Enneagram numbers are numbers. Wouldn't it be funny if your Enneagram number divided by my Enneagram number was pi, which is uh, the, the number day the day married. we got married? Isn't that kind of like astrological? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just looking for signs and things that don't exist. Yeah. That's what that is. It reminds me. Well, I'm, so the reason I know about astrology was I was all into those those random mailings where you get like 10 CDs for a dollar and then you, uh, then you're signed up for some, something and you need to cancel it. So I was all about those things. And at one point I did a book one. So I got books like, that you don't read. <laughs> I got like five or six books of which I, I read them all, but wow. I got, I got a, an astrology book. I got a Calvin and Hobbes book. I got a different, different funny book, different comic book. And I don't know the other two. Not memorable. <laughs> anyway, with that, I had that astrology book. So I like looked at it for a little bit. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool i guess this is weird but okay so this is going to be a good year or something i don't know and this book was just this massive it, it was almost like the farmer's almanac where it's just a big book that has a bunch of things in it and depending on the year and your birthday and your birthday the day of the year like april 15th and then the year that it is depending on I think it was like zero to 90, zero to 99 or something. And then you just pick a random thing and it says, this is what's going to happen. And, and there were different pages for like the day of the week that it was or the month See, that you're looking right. at. And so it's just one big fortune cookie. Yeah. And this is what, again, being a twin, I was like, there is no way that this 
misfortune is going to happen to both of us multiple well, times. That's what you think, but it's just so compelling. It's so broad. So it says something, something like today there will be a new development. It is your choice whether this development changes your life. Yeah, and that's see, I'm it. not into it. And so then you're like, oh, so now I'm looking for a new development and then I get to decide what that does for me. But realistically like that, that could stand for literally anybody every single day. Right, 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 right. Today, I had to go pick up my contacts. That, you something, needed a change in view. Something, something could have happened there. Right. That could have been a new development. What I do appreciate about it is I truly believe that everything is interconnected at some level. Yep. And so I kind of feel like that, I mean, and I, even the blurb we just read it, like how I guess 25% of Americans and like 37% of millennials or maybe younger millennials really believe in a cosmic influence, which you and I would interpret as God. God. Right. So I don't feel like it's too far off of the same wavelength, just like our signals are a bit crossed. Yeah, I think so. I think that that's the funny part is that everything that, that we're all looking at, I guess, or that big higher thing that everybody's looking for, we think we've got it right. We think it's Jesus. And and the people who are chasing the stars and the cosmos, what they think that interconnectedness is that is driving them, like that is an extraterrestrial force. Right, right, right. AKA God. Right. So I think it's a, it is, I want to be careful with what I say because they're not wrong. Everything is connected, but ultimately it is all connected because God made it all. Right. And he is running the show. And there's a, there is this level of, of energy that everything has that is in a very small way interacting with everything else. But does that mean that where Jupiter is compared to your personal body right now is going to have a physical manifestation in your life in getting a new development that you could choose to change your life that I don't think so to not spend too much longer on this. Could oh, you I e- thought could today we e- were talking about astrology. Could you do a sign? You can't even scientifically test that, right? Yeah, it's really hard to test because what we're talking about is beyond the theory of relativity. So the idea that, so E equals MC squared, energy has mass at the speed of light, all this, all of these ideas that light is energy, but it's also mass. And that means that all mass is also energy. Now taking that to another almost another dimension to say the tree outside or or 
can't believe I'm going to say it, the crystals around you, if you, <laughs> if you believe in, in quartz crystals having power, like theoretically there, there is that theory that those crystals, because they are there, are some in some way physically interacting with you. Right, right, right. But yeah, if if it could be proven, I think there would be there would either be a really big market for quartz crystals or there would all of a sudden be no market for quartz crystals. Interesting. Or maybe it would be like like Bigfoot. There's still so many people who believe in Bigfoot, yet he's still never been found. Good for Bigfoot. Hey, he is, he's batting a thousand <laughs> if he's trying to not be found. Right, right, right. If he is trying to be found, he is he's doing a terrible struggling. job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, I got a lot more stuff to talk about. Okay, let's move on. Really, we're just, some of these headlines like that I found just are just fun to talk about and honestly, just the headline well you may not even have anything to say but i think everyone needs to be aware of it so i'm yeah, using my platform that's the thing that i appreciate about this time most is that i've i spend so much of my time thinking about renewable energy that i didn't know people were we're talking about astrology still. I thought right. that was over. Right. I thought it died in the 70s. Absolutely Except not. for the book I got in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Okay. At the Elite Pine Valley Golf Club in Camden County, New Jersey, men accounted for 99% of the members as of July 2021. Three out of 700 were women. This week, the club was sued by the state of New Jersey for gender discrimination, and allegations include restricting women from becoming members for the vast majority of its 108-year history. Yeah, I saw that. Pine Valley began allowing female members in April of last year after this investigation began. Yep. So they're screwed. I saw that in, they're the, screwed. in the brew. I don't... That just... See, that, like, to me, the fact that there are still... Old boys clubs that literally like discriminate like that blows my. I just I don't, I can't comprehend it. Yep. Especially because I feel like there are a lot of women golfers now. I'm fascinated by it from the standpoint of of thinking about how that happens. Like, what rules do you put in place that makes you like justify that? Because I I was reading it, and I was like, oh well. Surely this is surely this is talking about just on the books. I am interested. So I so I just finished my continuing education courses to renew my real estate license. And I do that. So every, if anybody needs a house sold, I still am not it's not it's don't call you. Don't call me. I never yet, yeah, please don't. I would be terrible. Um I think I, you'd be great at selling houses. I've never sold a house before in my life. That's I think my problem. you'd be the best. Okay, thank you for your support. Just saying. I do this every two years, and without fail, every two years, they usually have like a small section on uh, discrimination in housing, in the Fair Housing Act, et cetera, et cetera. This year, not only did like half of my required courses be completely about fair housing, but then I took an elective specifically on fair housing um but uh so sex aka gender is considered a protective class under the fair housing laws and so you are not allowed to discriminate at least in real estate 
for fair house, like, yeah, for sex, sorry. Um, but in real estate, there is a loophole. Mm. There, uh, I think there's two loopholes. One, if you are like, if you own your home and you are specifically looking for a roommate, you are allowed to specify what sex you would like to live with you for mm. safety reasons. Or two, if you are a private club, you private can club. discriminate. Now, I don't know if it's ever been used for um for a golf club well I, i'm just wondering I'm, I'm i'm what i'm assuming it would still apply to the golf club typically in housing you see that as like um I like guess, an assisted living uh, senior that citizen. is actually a different act they have like a senior housing act or whatever um nudist it, colony <laughs> It's typically for like religious organizations who uh, own property. So a monastery. <laughs> well, just, you know, to keep it within their Nunnery. religion or whatever, like Mormons want to keep anyway. But yeah, a I Mormon just, apartment I don't, complex. to your point, I do not know what they were thinking when they were specifically discreet. Yeah. I guess, or they're going to argue, hey, no, no women tried. I don't know. That's what I, so what I was thinking is like, is this one of those things where for the past hundred years, not 180, but the first hundred, it had something to do with like money, head of household, like you had to make so much money, you had to be a married Well, there is the whole thing where they're like golf stands for gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. And so I I think that that, it, it is just very... I mean, it was very normal to have women not admitted yeah. to, like, lounges. Yeah. Like, so that wasn't completely abnormal. But for a golfing club, like a, what is this? Sorry. I'm, what's it called? A golf club. Wait. A leap of, okay, yeah. A golf club and a golf club. A club yeah, of golf. <laughs> That's where I'm getting confused. It was probably. A clubhouse. It's not a country club i was thinking country club but it's i guess but this not. is just golf right there would be no like do they even have women's facilities i have so many questions but i guess we'll find that's, out after the investigation concludes that's why they kept girls out because they never had a girl's bathroom well they would be required like, to well, make one sorry we don't have a bathroom <laughs> for you so therefore you just can't come in we don't want you, you know to have to I pee on the tree. I found out through, I found out, too, again, this poll podcast is going to be all over the place. You don't even have to comment, but I found out two things. One, hoarding is protected under the fair yeah, housing yeah, laws. So you could not discriminate and not rent a room or home to a hoarder, unless, of course, it's your personal, like the one that you're living in. Um, and then two, they're... They now it's not a law to where like they're saying real estate agents cannot do this. They are instead saying, "Hey, as the Texas Real Estate Commission, we are telling and advising you not to use this language to avoid discrimination cases." And one of the things they're asking real estate professionals not to say is, uh, "Don't say, hey, com- there's a house for sale in a good school district." Mm. Because according to the Texas Real Estate Commission, that typically is uh, racial. And that's racial discrimination because the way that systemic racism has played out, Mm. that quote unquote bad school districts are racially segregated as such. And I was like, dang. 
thing. Wow. I'm telling you, the Texas Real Estate Commission was fire this they year. They are on They were on it. it. Okay, moving on. This one's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Are you ready? I'm already uncomfortable. <laughs> also, these are all in the brew. Uh, I'll put this Joe's in the referral <laughs> in the yeah, link. In, in case you guys want to know what we're talking about. Right. This is the stuff we get in our email every day. Every day. Okay. There is a new term you need to know about. The term is fictosexuals. Mm, yep. And they are the people who are attracted to fictional characters. Now, now I, let's be real. Let's be real. Who isn't attracted oh, to a yeah. fictional character? Haven't we all had a ficto crush? <laughs> who is your ficto crush? Elsa, of course. Wait, stop. Are you, you know, <laughs> You know, Elsa singing those songs. <laughs> you have no walking idea. Walking through the how? palaces. Mm, Elsa. Joe, you have no <laughs> idea how many people I, how many dudes I know who feel the same way, and I do not know what Elsa has done I'm, to mankind. I'm just making fun of those guys because you talk about it so much. Oh, so, but do you have you not have you never been attracted to a fictional character? Let's see, a fictional character. It doesn't have to be an animated. It just has fictional to be fictional. Character. Mine was always Dimitri from the animated movie Anastasia. Ah, uh, Dimitri. <laughs> Though I knew a lot of girls it, who were crushing on Simba. Was it because of? John Cusack's voice. I don't think I knew who John Cusack was at the time. Like if I if I had to imagine myself having a crush on a voice, John Cusack could be <laughs> could be up there. What would that be? An audio sexual? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't That's know. Funny. I don't know who my let's see, who is my ficto crush? Well, who was my ficto crush? <laughs> Maybe it's just animated. That makes it a little less awkward. What? Pick somebody. <laughs> pick something animated. Yeah, you don't have to pick something. I mean, you don't. Not want... like a not a real person <laughs> that you guys <laughs> that just... I may run into one day. <laughs> now this uh, this ficto crush of mine was in was, my second grade English it class. Was... <laughs> I I think when you think about ficto crushes, I think. You naturally go to something animated. Right, right, right. It would be weird. Or literary, maybe. Or literary, maybe. Like Mr. Darcy's. Yeah. But so I think here's a good example. Most people would probably relate to is like thinking of Miss Congeniality. Sandra Bullock? Yeah. like Oh, I approve of that. Yeah. Like people would be like, oh, yeah, Sandra Bullock. I totally get it. But in my mind... Are you crushing on Sandra Bullock or are you crushing on, on her character? On her character that is a beauty queen undercover cop. Right. And that is a that's <laughs> obviously different it's a different person. Right. Let me clarify with the actual story of why I brought this up. Yeah, yeah. Tell everybody what the story right, says. Right, right. In twenty eighteen, a Japanese man unofficially married a computer synthesized pop singer. And credits her with pulling him out of depression. Thousands of people in Japan have entered into such unions with fictional characters in recent decades. So could you unofficially marry Sandra Bullock's character in Miss Congeniality? Yeah. How would one do that? You first have to synthesize that character I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. as an artificial avatar simulation person somewhere. Let's just hope the cloud doesn't go down, right? If you lose internet, <laughs> there goes your dead. wife for a while. 
maybe it's a good thing. Don't have her on a local hard drive. Oh, man. Oh, so today, Could you imagine, imagine to, that? Today, Jake told me that uh, he wanted a girlfriend, and I was like, why? And he said, so I can have cookies. <laughs> I thought you said he said he wanted a wife. He, he thinks girlfriends are wives at this point. Uh, he wants a girlfriend wife? I don't know why he thinks that that's the only way he can get cookies. <laughs> but that's what he thinks that a girlfriend and or wife will provide him. Makes sense. His cookies. That's good. It I like sweet. it. Okay, moving on. Or do you have more to say about Sandra Bullock? I I just... <laughs> hey, no. I'm... I, no. Honestly, I'm proud of you. That's a good thing. <laughs> I do not have a crush on Sandra Bullock. I have a crush on Sandra Bullock. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, this reminds me of the, of the conversation last time about the girl who created an AI version of her friend. Oh, yeah. This is getting us closer and closer to those futuristic sci-fi movies about the metaverse right, right, right like ready player one where you may have a bunch of friends but you don't actually know any of or them or do you think a hundred years you can you could legally marry an ai person like i wonder if that is going to be like see a, the a value topic. of it well we'll legally see a hundred years from now <laughs> legally marrying an ai what does that what maybe the ai is employed and does something and so therefore if something were to happen say their hard drive failed you would be able to have access to their funds i don't know i don't live 100 years from now i'm just thinking about it the other way like that ai if you die that ai gets to take over your consciousness but what does that ai or what do they get or hypothetically speaking i marry an ai we adopt a child if I die because I've legally married to this AI, they still have guardianship of the child and can like make decisions. I don't want to think about it. It's too much. That's too much. That's pretty wild. <laughs> that is almost like Terminator. And this is why I am against artificial intelligence. I do not like it. Sentient artificial intelligence. Well, we haven't even got. Yeah, please. Whoever is like trying to do that. No, no one wants that. Except for like villains and movies. Yeah, I don't think anybody actually wants it. No. You ready for, I think, my final story? Following a substantial report detailing its historical ties to slavery, segregation, and discrimination, Harvard University announced yesterday that it will commit $100 million to further study and redress those ties. It's the latest of a number of higher educational institutions seeking to acknowledge its stain legacy. The report revealed that Harvard directly profited from slavery for centuries as it became America's preeminent university. Among its other findings were the following. More than 70 black and Native American people were enslaved by Harvard faculty and staff between 1636 and 1783. Could you imagine having documentation that goes that far back? Harvard was around. That's pretty wild. They've been around for a long time. Yes. Long. 
Um, and then uh, through financial relationships with donors, Harvard profited from slavery into the 19th century. And some of those donors' names still adorn buildings on campus. The report's authors... A committee of Harvard faculty members made a series of recommendations to work as a foundation to redress the institution's legacy. Rather than direct financial reparations to the descendants of enslaved people, the report recommends the fund be used to improve educational opportunities for descendants, establish relationships with black colleges and universities, and honor enslaved people through memorials, curriculum, and research. Which is interesting because um, there are a couple of very like smaller religious colleges i think in illinois we talked about this like a 10 episodes ago yeah, it was a wheaton college i don't think it was wheaton i think it was like a jesuit college but they are giving money directly giving to cash. the descendants and so it's interesting that harvard chose not to but truthfully it may be because there are too many of them because like 70 black and Native American people that were enslaved between 1636 and 1783. So if one of those persons is from 1636, if you could trace them, that could, that be, could a lot be a of people. lot of people. It could also be no people. That's very true. And and honestly, the records, because I'm pretty sure slaves at that point were only considered like you just counted them on the as property. They I don't really think they came over the census until... Wow. Much later. I'm not sure. But. Until they counted as three-fifths of a person? Three-fifths of a person. Is that a song? No. (laughs) You made it sound like a song. I think it's because I didn't know. I, I, when you said that, I noticed I had a ton of text messages. And so I didn't know what you were asking me. (laughs) I just heard three-fifths of a person. And then I sang it. And then I realized I just sang... (laughs) That three three fifths compromise, which is a terrible, terrible thing. So I'm sorry that I was because I wasn't paying attention in that moment. Anyway, those are our headlines with Allie. But now time for Allie's sponsor, not sponsor time. What do you, Allie's do you, sponsor, do you, not do you sponsor have a sponsor, time? not sponsor? No. Okay. Well. <laughs> But I should be getting plenty of them. Joe's sponsor time is all about hats. Allie's sponsor time is things Allie is excited about and just likes to share. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is, before you start, I just want to point out, mine is not just about hats. Mine is about cool, fun, free things that we get. That's true. Whether it's a fun hat that I like to wear whether it's cool socks that keep my feet warm, whether it's trash that we found on the side of the road that we now are using. So my sponsor, not sponsor, is really an ode to Mother Earth. Way to go. Anywho, Allie's sponsor, not sponsor, is brought to you by The Bible Project because I'm so excited because The Bible Project, if you don't know, they produce a bunch of uh, really cool video content on YouTube, um, breaking down the Bible, uh, but like very theologically and academically deep versions of these things, which I really appreciate. And if you're like me and you want to go to seminary, but you can't justify it and you're cheap, they just started their new classroom where they have a 14-hour graduate-level introduction to the Hebrew Bible class that you would take for free. So I just printed out all of my um, curriculum, and I am going to start on, I guess, Monday. So if you're listening to this, I'm currently... (laughs) 
watching my first unit of introduction to the Hebrew Bible. So join in, take this class with me and it will be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Well, I think that's all we have today on the docket. Remember everybody, we haven't said in a while, but we haven't gotten any, we haven't gotten any five stars Or or reviews lately. So if you are still listening to this and you haven't done that yet, Go ahead and give us that five-star rating and leave a review. We enjoy reading the reviews. And you don't even have to leave a review. It can literally just be a question that you'd like to have yeah. discussed. And that's fun. And we're still looking for guests. If you want to come over on some random night, we can set it up and you can record. We we, we can we even eat have dinner the right together. to not post if we disagree with the reviews. <laughs> we could eat dinner. We could eat ice cream. We could record and then have a bonfire there's so many options so many we could we could just do a whole thing let us know let us know with that but here we're gonna go bye bye bye